Welcome to Lawyer Business Advantage. This podcast is dedicated to helping attorneys earn more money, get better clients, and spend more time with family. I'm your host, Alej Yajnik, founder of Law Firm Success Group. Smart business guidance for small law firms begins in three, two, one. And it's my pleasure to welcome to Lawyer Business Advantage, Roman Zelyshenko. Roman, uh, great to have you on the show again here today. How are you doing? I'm doing great, LA. Thank you so much for having me. And I'm excited to be back and excited to be chatting with you again. Yeah, it's been several months and uh, it's always great to have a conversation with you. There's a lot of different things we can get into with regards to running a law firm. That's something that uh, I know is near and dear to your heart. One of the things that that we talked about a little bit recently, but not too much, and I wanted to dig in more with you today, is this whole idea of automation and systems. It's something I hear about when we work with potential clients. One of the biggest wishes that they have for their firm is they just want everything to work. They just want their law firm to run smoothly with good systems, not a lot of friction, and just everything just goes. And I know that's a dream, and it's something that uh, some of them work towards, but oftentimes we realize that they have a, a really long way to go there. And so I know this plays into something, like I said, that's near and dear to your heart. Um, when you see law firms and your experience with law firms, how have you seen them using systems? Yeah, so I'll start sort of in the systems overall, you know, versus specific software that I think law firms can uh, can u- utilize because it kind of depends on what what their specialty is and where what they do. So number one, a lot of law firms handle a lot of paperwork. They manage a lot of different processes. They have teams that handle certain things. And very often, they don't take a step back to think about whether or not at least some of those processes can be automated. Um, And so the first, you know, I've talked about this before in a number of contexts, honestly, and this is a fairly universal kind of concept, but the idea of auditing or, or reviewing your processes across your law firm and um, just without judgment, without thinking about what is or isn't ripe for automation, what is or isn't high value or low value, just writing everything down step by step as if you were going to give your law firm to somebody else and have them run every single piece of it, right? I mean, that's obviously a very big project, but you can break it down into, okay, well, how do we handle new onboarding new clients? How do we handle reaching out to clients? You know, How do we handle particular case types uh, when we're collecting information or documentation from clients, you can start by looking at various verticals or various sub processes within the firm. And just by literally writing it down, step one, you know, uh, the existing client calls us or sends us an email with a particular inquiry, right? Step two, if it's a phone call or like a sub step 1.1, if it's a phone call, it goes to typically this number. If it's an email, it'll go to either me as the partner or the associate that they worked with. Okay. And then step two, whoever gets the information starts a new Google document in their existing folder and writes down blah, blah, blah. You know, so going through just to that level of detail, writing all that down in a step-by-step process, and then really kind of figuring out, okay, well, what takes a lot of time? What feels very manual? What seems like we can leverage technology to help with this? So for example, I did this. So my background for anyone who's listening, and I was I practiced immigration law uh, for uh, some time and um, saw an idea. I had an idea for kind of building some automation around it. I left it, practice of immigration law, worked in tech for a few years, and then came back to build it. So um, I've never run an immigration law firm, but A, I've worked in them. B, I run my own, well, two of my own businesses now where I have automated a lot. And then 
you know, see, I've worked with a ton of immigration lawyers on some of their work. And so really you can, you can look at a process within your firm, regardless of what kind of work you do, you know, again, write down these steps, try to determine what, if any software that you can use on the, on the market, or perhaps what you already have right to, uh, to streamline and automate processes. And I think this is, it's a really simple concept. I mean, if, you know, me saying this, it's like, well, of course, um, but a lot of times we, we just, you know, you don't think about it, you get into the thick of it and then your business is growing and it's growing in a way that has been working for you. And it's one of the, it's the oldest trope in the book of it ain't, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Right. And, and it's like, well, if you feel good about the growth of your law firm, you don't necessarily want to, or feel like you have the time to step back and look at how you're doing things to potentially create efficiency and streamline because it's working. But I think it's a really wonderful process and it's something that can help if you are growing and it can help you accelerate your growth. Um, you know, something you talk about, LA, with your team, it can help you uh, maintain that level of growth while decreasing the effort that you put into it and getting your time, your time back, going on vacation, et cetera. Uh, and, and if you're not growing, if you're stagnant or potentially kind of slowing down your business development as, as a lawyer, it can help you free up time to focus on that. So I know that was a lot, but I think that the very concept of, you know, how process improvement can factor into the legal space is just not often talked about. And at this, again, it's not groundbreaking work. It's just something that a, a lawyer or, or a law firm, you know, team of partners just have to sit down and say, okay, we're going to allocate a few hours. We're going to kind of write down our processes and then we're going to brainstorm ways to potentially make it better. Totally on point with everything that that we tell our clients as well, Roman. So thanks for that. You know, one of the things that you will do when you're running your law firm as and for you attorney entrepreneurs that are out there, you'll re, you'll be able to relate to this. As you get busier and busier, you tend to want to hire people, which is fine. And if you're looking to hire your, you know, your first employee and you're kind of struggling with who to with how to do that and who to work with. Um, you might want to look at a firm like Get Staffed Up. You know, they're a sponsor of the show. They do virtual assistance, virtual legal assistance that's founded by attorneys for attorneys. It's a really good service. The founder actually runs his firm of 11 attorneys with Get Staffed Up staff. Uh, And it's a great way to get really good administrative staff, low risk, low cost for your law firm. Getstaffedup.com if you want more information there. But at some point, whether you're hiring, you know, assistants or attorneys or whatever whatever it happens to be, it gets riskier and riskier and more expensive and more expensive because that payroll gets larger and larger and larger. And so focusing on things like process and systems, you have to invest the time to write down the systems and diagram the systems, as Roman mentioned, and then you have to invest in the systems and get them running. But then you make everything more efficient. And oftentimes it's a lot cheaper and a lot easier than hiring an employee. But I know one of the issues that my clients run into, Roman, and love to get your thoughts on this, is they would love to do this. So they say, okay, I'm going to sit down. I'm going to write out all my processes. I'm going to get the software. I'm going to implement it. And then they start to run into problems and challenges. Writing down you know, their systems, that's a lot of the work that we do is we help them write out their systems because it's something that's not that's not you know, new to them. Then the next step is to take their software or to get new software and make, you know, automate those systems. And that's really where a lot of them stumble. Um, what are some of the things you've seen around that? So, I mean, the first thing is it's never going to be perfect. And, and I think that anyone who's trying to uh, build in some process improvement should be open to the fact that they may potentially sign up for software they don't like or that soft- for software that doesn't work. I think that's the most important thing that you may try something out that won't fit 
quite right. And so there will be some discovery. Um, sometimes it's quite easy uh, and there may be software that's, you know, it's like, okay, well, right now I'm spending 15% of an, uh, the onboarding process of a new case on figuring out when the client, prospective client can get on a call with me. Okay, that's a very specific challenge that a law firm may be having. Okay, well, there are really easy, very specific tools for that, like Calendly, for example, right? Um, where you can just send the, hey, here's my link. Everything on this link is an open, it's an available slot for me. You choose what works for you and then that's it, right? And so you cut out that entire back and forth. So I think if it's something like that, it could be quite easy to find software. If it's something that's a little more broader or perhaps like it touches multiple people in multiple um, aspects of a, of a case, it may be a little bit tougher. But I think the number one thing is, you know, recognize that there will be some research and there will be some time spent looking for the right software. And, and that's okay. Um, again, it's a, it's a, you know, let's say not a long-term, I guess you can call it a long-term play to continuously try to improve your firm and to continuously look at what software um, is, what new software is out there, what are you potentially underutilizing that you already, you already have, um, et cetera. But it is kind of a long-term process, of course, with the idea that there is always a net gain at the end of the day, right? Along the way, there's net gains, even if you're, even if you've, uh, um, so I'll give you an example for me. You know, my business, so I run two companies. I run two businesses. One of them is called Laborless. It's a technology software that automates a very specific part of the H-1B visa process, the compliance aspect of it. That's what I pursued after leaving uh, practicing immigration law. Um, along the way, I also had a long background in writing and a long background in theater. Uh, and so I started writing articles and sort of from there blossomed a second business called GMI Rocket, which is a digital digital marketing agency for you know immigration attorneys and and other um, uh, businesses within the immigration and what's called the global mobility industry um, and so i have a, a technology company so a software and then a service company where there are human beings spending their time writing editing creating content um, one of the things that i was really bad at was uh you know keeping track of all the clients i had and all the articles that were being written you know for the gmi rocket for the for the marketing agency and the absolute biggest thing that was helpful for me to, number one, get my sanity back, uh, and then number two, feel like I was in a place to grow and you know take on a few more uh, writers and take on a few more clients, was getting a, a project management tool. And so the first thing I did, like I said earlier, I wrote down all of my steps, which took me some time. Um, and then I looked at them and then thought, okay, what, can I, what, what do I have to do? Like, where is just, where is it my subject matter expertise that I can't, you know, feasibly uh, or reasonably outsource? And then number two, I, I thought, okay, well, the flip side is what can I outsource, right? Um, and some of those things I could outsource to staff who I do need human beings for. And like you said, you could use a contractor, you could use different services, like get staffed up um, or other, other aspects. I didn't need anybody to do it. I was doing it because I just had neglected software that could do the same thing. Um, and so, and and one of those things that I uh, was doing manually that I didn't need anybody doing was uh, reaching out to different you know contractors I was working with to assign something to them to see whether or not they were done with it. And so I ended up using uh, Monday.com, which is a very famous you know popular project management tool. And it's been, I mean, that was two years ago, and it's still an incredible tool for me. I mean, it's completely revolutionized my business in the sense that 
I can I have a dashboard. I can see where I am with certain things. I can see who's working on it. If once they're done and needs my review, it you know it, there's automation for it. Um, so so that was you know that was something that was really really powerful for me. And so I think I got lucky with that. There are other tools that I've used that I didn't like, and I had to kind of switch away from them. So I use, for example, um, a an audio transcription tool now uh, when I'm on meetings with people called Fireflies. Fireflies.ai. There's a competitor called otter.ai. I was trying them both. And so I was spending time learning kind of both tools. They're fairly intuitive, but you know, it's still, you got to log in, you got to see the, learn the interface, et cetera. Um, and then I just decided to go with the fireflies versus the other one. Um, and you know, that was a little bit more of a challenge for me uh, to, to, to get it into my workflow. Uh, but it was of course worth the trouble um, for me instead of taking notes while I'm on calls with people and asking them to stop so I can feel that I can finish typing. I don't have to do anything. I could be fully present with my client or whoever I'm talking to. Um, the, you know, the, the platform records the conversation. It gives me a transcript. It has some AI to be able to search through it and pull notes out of it. So those kind of little tools that really could be valuable for, again, a lawyer, a marketing uh, agency, a, you know, consulting firm, a technology firm, um, those kind of tools could be really really, really helpful when it, when it comes to building out a business. Yeah. I love the point you mentioned about how it's, it's a works in progress. It's going to take some time and it's not going to be perfect. And so that's one of the things I wanted to bring up and all you attorney entrepreneurs that are listening who might be perfectionists, having it not be perfect is not an excuse to not start. If that makes sense. I mean, it's not going to be perfect, but it can still save you a ton of time. And it may mean that you have to change some of the ways that you're doing things. Some of the processes you have in place right now, the systems that maybe you write out, maybe you find a software tool that does 80 to 90% of it, but it doesn't do all of it. Well, if you change your the way you do things just a little bit, it may not be ideal for you, but it will be good enough. It'll get the job done and get it done well, and you will save yourself a ton of time. So please be open to those possibilities uh, and also open to changing how you do things. I mean, um, Roman, to your point, when I was doing this podcast, when I first started, like the first, I don't know, 20 episodes or so, I did all the editing by hand myself. And um, I used a lot of different tools with that. I used an uh, audio transcription service called sonics.ai, used a bunch of different things. And I finally got to the point where I said, you know what? All these tools are saving me a lot of time, but I still need to save more time. <laughs> so I, I went ahead and talked to several different agencies and I outsourced it to a podcast production agency, um, Turnkey Podcasting, and they've been doing a fantastic job for me. So sometimes, you know, taking something that's in-house, even though you've gotten as much efficiency as you can, and then just outsourcing it uh, might be a nice way to do things. The other thing, Roman, I've seen is people have a lot of software in-house already. You know, they might have Clio or some of the practice management system, um, but they're not, they're only using a fraction of its power. One of the things that we typically suggest to our clients is, hey, look, if you're only using a little bit of your software, talk to their technical support and get more information. It, Roman, have you found other ways to do that beyond just calling up tech support and asking them? Yeah, and I can give you an answer to that from my vantage point as a software provider. Um, number one is for sure call up your provider and it doesn't have to be combative. It doesn't have to be that you only talk to them when there's an issue. You know, you could call them and say, look, I, I recognize that there are other features. Can you help me figure out if I can use any of them and how, right? I think that that lack of communication very often is one of the 
one of the biggest challenges, number one, with underutilizing a tool. And then number two, when there are issues with the tool for a lot of users to get frustrated and, you know, immediately start spending their time looking for, for an alternative versus figuring out whether or not, you know, they could sort of tweak their use of, of the tool. So from my perspective, reaching out, because I'll, I'll share my point of view. As a software provider, I also don't want to continuously bombard my clients with like, hey, do you have any, do you want to talk? Hey, do you have any, uh, do you have any recommendations for how we can make the tool better? You know, hey, how's your use of it? I want you to not feel burdened by me and my software. I want you to feel, you know, like you're getting use out of it and, and emailing back and forth all the time and trying to get people on the calendar to like, it just doesn't always, you know, it doesn't feel right for me. Um, and so there is, even from my perspective as a software provider, there is a balance of, you know, wanting continuous feedback from my clients, uh, but also not wanting to bother them too much to get that feedback, you know? And then on the, this third angle of like, well, sometimes when we do get feedback, it's because maybe someone's frustrated that something isn't there or whatever. It doesn't happen to us usually because we're quite small and very hands-on with my clients, but with larger companies, it happens to me because I complain to them. And then they usually are great about fixing it, but the conversation started through complaints. Um, so, uh, you know, I, for the, for the attorneys, you know, entrepreneur inter- attorneys or anybody who's listening who may have any sort of um, uh, like a hands-on responsibility with your software vendors, remember that you can absolutely reach out to them and you, you, you know, you can say, can we just talk? I just want to see whether or not I can gain even more efficiency from from your software. They would be the absolute best person to ask that question. Uh, um, and then the other thing would be sometimes even just emailing them, not even uh, you know saying how can I be better, but just saying like, hey, I have an idea, like wish list. If you know, forget about the laws of physics and forget about you know money. Just if I if if we could do X with your tool, that would be amazing. You know. Um, very often software uh, providers grow and build out their tool based very directly on client wishes. You know, um, if enough people wish for something, well, that means that it's probably going to be useful. And then sometimes uh, you might wish for something and think that it's really hard to do. Turns out it's technically very easy and it would be a quick, you know, upgrade. You're happy. Other clients are happy. So, I, you know, your your initial, you know, kind of recommendation, LA, was great. Reach out to your technical support staff, et cetera, whoever, you know, maybe there's like a client relationship manager on uh, at the side on the side of the company of the product that you're using. Um, but just the idea is keep an open line of communication. Again, whether it's calling them and saying, how can I be better or how can I use it better? Or if you feel like you're fairly confidently using the tool and there's just something missing, you know, it's easy to be like, oh, God, I hate this tool. And then go on forums and say, hey, does anybody know any platform that already has this thing that I'm looking for? I mean, definitely do that, you know, but at the same time, you can and should go to your provider and say, and I really wish you guys, did. I wish your software did this, right? Let them know because without them knowing, it's really hard for, for software to sort of develop and, and, and grow. Uh, the last thing I would say about that is, Building, you know, when you build software features, right, you have to first, you have to scope it out and understand what, what the process is going to be. You have to build it in, in a separate environment, you know, not like a test environment. And then you have to have people on the team test it. And it's, it's a whole big process. And so going through that 
for a feature that we may, we're not sure if people are even going to use is a really difficult use of time for a software company. And so again, just let us know, let them know, let us know, you know, uh, software companies, let them know what you want, your dreams, your desires. Worst case scenario, they might say, look, that's really impossible based on our infrastructure, but probably more likely than not, they'll say, oh, interesting. Thank you. We're going to look at how we can make this happen. Awesome. Roman, thank you so much for sharing your insights with us on Lawyer Business Advantage. You have a unique background and perspective to tackle exactly this issue and love what you're doing with Laborless and GMI Rocket. If someone wants to reach out to you, they're an immigration attorney, they're looking at implementing some H-1B process improvements, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, thanks. It was really awesome. I love talking to you always and uh, love talking about these topics. So um, for folks who want to reach out to me, the best place is on LinkedIn. Um, so Roman Zalachenko, I think I'm the only one on LinkedIn with that name. So you'll find me. And you know, if you want to check out Laborless, if you're an immigration lawyer, you handle H-1Bs um, and you'd like to learn more about what we do there with um, LCA compliance, labor condition application compliance, uh, check us out. It's laborless.io. And yeah, GMI Rocket, I mean, marketing is just my passion and I love it. So if anyone's interested in that, gmirocket.com is the website. But again, LinkedIn is the best. And um, yeah, thanks for the opportunity, LA. Always love talking to you. Awesome. Thank you so much, Roman. And that's a wrap for this episode of the Lawyer Business Advantage podcast. One thing that would really help both us and other new potential listeners is for you to rate this show and leave a comment in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you tune in to listen. And I want to hear from you. So connect with me on LinkedIn and let me know what you think of this episode. And if you are a solo or an owner of a small law firm, and you're looking to earn more money, attract better clients, or reduce your stress, we would love to talk with you to see how we can help. Request your free law firm assessment by visiting lawfirmsuccessgroup.com. Again, that URL is lawfirmsuccessgroup.com. We look forward to talking with you soon. Thank you for listening. My name is Ale Yajnik. Until next time, remember, you can seize freedom. You can embrace happiness. You can build your perfect practice.